Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week, we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewen. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. Hey, Sandy. Hey, Nat. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I am kind of pumped, kind of nervous. Okay, explain. So I'm like compiling all of my case study stuff that I have to have to graduate this 500 hour YTT. I've done far more than 500 hours, but um, I just have to like write these reports. Well, you do too. You know, we Mm -hmm. have to write these friggin huge ass reports and each report is pretty big because it's like you follow a person through at least three months of their lives, just sort of tailing them (laughs) and, you know, like checking in on them. So there's a lot of data and we have to put it into these reports that make sense for someone else to read. And while it's very exciting and I'm like pumped with all the stuff I learned, it's also like, shit, there's so much stuff here. And, you know, just whenever you have like a a big report to file, Mm -hmm. damn. Yeah. Well, Yeah. yeah. And you're looking at like all of them at once. So it's a bit overwhelming. Totally. Absolutely overwhelming. I don't know how I'm going to do this 1000 hour thing. Well, just, okay, one thing at a time, look at like one class you did for one of the topics and you just (laughs) go from there. So thinking about like bigger and bigger and bigger and getting more overwhelmed. I think I got to like do these as they come, you know, like write the purports at the time that they happened, not just be like, all right, I am done with this case study. I'm just going to not think about it for a year. And then come back and be like, oh shit, that happened. And I have like, I have so much to say about it. But now I have to like sit down and do like 10 of these all at once. Sucks. Yeah. It's like when I was reading my, or excuse me, writing my master's thesis, I would break from it for like three or four months at a time. When I was at the end of it, I was working full time. And then I'd send it for edits and it would come back to me like six months later. And I'd be like reading it. I'm like, I didn't write this. Like, this is like this foreign thing and like having to go back to like my data and my graphs. And I mean, it gives you a fresh look every time, but that will make the process a lot longer than it needs to be. (laughs) It's so tiring. And like, yeah, I just need to churn these out and leave it. It's like giving me a headache thinking about it. Oh my God. Yeah. Just sit down, do one, do one at a time. I'm sure you did like above and beyond because you're a super nerd. I'm a nerd. A I took pictures of some. I know. I'm it's impressed. so good. I saw some I know. They're so like, it's so good. It's so like gratifying to see people getting better and ah, changing. Yes. Anyway. Saving, <laughs> saving the world. Well, what are we doing today, Nat? We're going to talk about testosterone because we, yeah, we promised people way back, probably in episode nine when we talked about cortisol, um, that we'd be doing another kind of hormone related uh, topic. And testosterone is one that I wanted to go to next because of its relationship to cortisol. Okay. I mean, everything's related with hormones and the nervous system. You can think of it as, well, they they use the term um, academically like neuroendocrinology. So like there is not a separation between your nervous system and your endocrine system. One kind of talks to the other and it's how stress makes us feel. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's like the easiest way to embody it is like, yeah, stress makes you feel things, makes you feel more excited, more tired. Um, and then you add in testosterone with how it relates to all of the things that it does and things get super cool and interesting. <laughs> so why don't we start there? What is this thing called testosterone? Yeah, testosterone. So it is a hormone, of course, and it's produced in both men and women. Um, in men, it's produced in the testicles, and women, it's produced in the ovaries. Um, that's where it's produced, but it's it's kind of your pituitary and your brain and your noggin there is what will send the signal to create that production. Um, and then there's a lot of complex things with your adrenal glands, your thyroid, your pituitary, and, and there's like other mechanisms that kind of sit, 
control the signal of the production. So it's one thing for it to get to produce somewhere, but it's another thing for it to be told to get produced, if that makes sense. So what, I don't know if this is beyond the scope, but like what tells your ovaries or your testes to produce it? Like what, what does it? It's a community, it's the communication between like different, um, other hormones. Hormones are basically like signals more or less, um, in different parts of your body, depending on what's going on. Like there's negative feedback systems that will say if you pump out a bunch of hormones cortisol or something like that then there's other um pathways that tell your pituitary okay that's enough cortisol you don't need to produce more cortisol it's relationship of all of these stressors in your body and what hormones need to be there in order for you to act either and that that's how it connects to the nervous system it's like are you needing to save your spouse from something that's i don't know it's a lion that's gonna kill your husband <laughs> or do oh, you, right. or or do you need to procreate <laughs> um, uh, yep. these like stressors these different uh stimulus is what controls how hormones are pumped out in your body right mm-hmm. um so in terms of like is it so testosterone is like the male hormone so is it I, I've sort of heard this around. I don't know if it's like an urban myth. Like when you work out more and you pump iron, does that increase it? Or is that just like a well, there's not myth. I think there's like, yeah, there's there's a relationship to that. Um, it is, th- like you said, it's the male hormone. And the reason why it's thought of that way is because I, and I don't have a number on this, but I've read in, in various scientific articles and, and of course nothing's perfect, but it's about 10 times higher in men than in women. Whoa. Yeah, and then of course in each individual it varies um varies quite a bit. Um but there are like they do have like normal ranges. You can go get your testosterone measured uh if you're female or male. Um testosterone mostly is responsible for well with respect to how we characteristically think of it, more so with respect to sex drive. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But it is like in men, we think of it as the male hormone cuz it it's really vital for your sperm production. So in women, like, I don't think it, your testosterone won't affect whether you're, um, ovulating or anything like that, but it's going to affect your, that and estrogen are going to have effect on your sex drive, mm-hmm. on your libido. But yeah, for men, it's like testosterone will actually affect the, the sperm count that you have. Um, and then, so it's like not just the, the count of the sperm, but the actual drive to have sex and procreate, um, it has a relationship to metabolism, which I'm going to talk about later, which is super cool. Um, mm-hmm. muscle mass, which relate, will relate then to bone mass. We've kind of talked about, I'm just clicking back. What episode is that? Oh yeah. Just no, bone density. Bone density on episode 20. So how muscle mass and bone um, density relate to each other. So it will increase muscle mass and that will help bone density, of course. And what else do we have? Red blood. Is that one of the, sorry, is that one of the reasons why males don't have as high of a like osteoporosis risk? Um, probably Hmm. in general, like generally speaking. And I mean, there's such a, broad range but men will build muscle more easily than women yeah yeah if your muscles are bigger they're straining your bones and your bones grow and strengthen against that stress right yeah yeah maybe all right there's probably other like mineral deficiencies and i don't know balances and relationships that has to do that but that's that's probably a big component of it that's cool Mm -hmm. yeah um, and then another one was red blood cell production and energy and mood. So energy and mood again. Yeah. If you're like horny, that's mood, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> that's an aspect of mood, I guess. And then if you're, if you're really deficient in testosterone, yeah, you're, you're going to feel a lot different. Mm. You're going to feel a lot different. So where, it gets interesting is testosterone's relationship to cortisol. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know exactly if, if, um, I'm going to look at one study here. I haven't gone too much into it. So people look at, 
testosterone, cortisol, their, their, like how much of it is in your system, each one of them, and then their relationship to each other. So they do a ratio of testosterone over cortisol. Okay. So sometimes in hormones, it's not how much, but just the relationship to one another. In women, that's like estrogen and progesterone is really important. Right. You can be like high in both and you might be the same, acting the same way as someone who's low in both. It's kind of that ratio relationship. So generally the relationship there between those two is that when testosterone is high, cortisol is low, generally speaking. Okay. When, with, when cortisol increases, testosterone decreases. It's so interesting because I always thought of testosterone as like a, you know, like a muscle building, like grr, strength, raw, brute, power, protein shakes, and muscle heads kind of like hormone like you hear like yeah in the gym people are like injecting themselves with testosterone i don't know this might just be like me making things up or projecting from my internal biases <laughs> but like you i have this idea of testosterone as like a a big bulky guys you know hormone and cortisol as like the high stress um hormone and, and so to me they almost seem like they do the same thing but they actually don't right okay well you're totally right in thinking that high testosterone and large bulky muscles or lean muscles or muscle mass are related it's when it's kind of the actions around those um and how cortisol and testosterone are related that are that's not well understood and i kind of just i clarified it for myself just doing this research right um so cortisol is like your energy hormone. We talked about that again in episode nine. When you wake up in the morning, your cortisol, if it's well, if it's well regulated, it, it actually increases in your system to wake you up. And in the morning, right. you're like, okay, I got energy. And as the day goes along, there's some cycles. It goes up and down, but it kind of goes up and down as the whole thing goes down and it's lower at night and then you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, testosterone has the inverse relationship in general. So it should be, I believe, lower in the morning and higher at night. Oh. Mhm. Is there a reason for that? It's just I think it's because your body um your your body doesn't really it kind of like it doesn't really put out both at the same time. It has to decide like what are you doing? Like are you engaging? And you're not necessarily waking up stressed, but like you're waking up and you're doing something. You're active. Um, you're not waking up right away. Well, actually, I kind of wonder. Anyways, I'll come back to that. I was going to say you're not waking up right away and thinking about having sex. But actually, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. But men just have so much more testosterone than women. Yeah. Like I feel like every guy is good to go in the morning. Oh yeah. At pretty much any time of the day. But anyways. <laughs> so it's, so maybe it's like that ratio again. Anyway, so cortisol is more elevated. Testosterone can still be elevated. It's not necessarily low, but cause, but that but that ratio of the two is different. Right. So you're like you're getting up, you're going to work, you're taking care of your kids, whatever, you're gonna go work out. Cortisol, that that is like um it is associated with the fight or flight. Like you'll get way more elevated cortisol um right. in a high stress scenario. But generally just like you're going about your day and you're doing your things, you need cortisol to keep you awake and energetic. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, cortisol just tells your body like to do, to be in action. And then testosterone is is increased um, when it's time to procreate, which is like one of the main functions, one of the main drives of like being a human is like we our horm- our hormones do want to be balanced in order to procreate. I hear dogs. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it's my dog. <laughs> Tutu, settle on down. Oh man, she's really going at it. Hold on, it's just a sec. Two. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Go to sleep. No, you're okay. This might go on for a while. That's okay. Anyways. So, yeah, testosterone is is kind of higher relative to cortisol. When you're in that state of mind or your body wants to do that. Now, generally what happens with most people is we are doing too much. We are too active. We're... Even if we're not like really in like fight or flight all day, like we might just be doing, 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 and you don't give yourself an actual rest to allow your cortisol to come down and your testosterone to come up. Yeah. And then 
where the testosterone links to the muscle mass and all that stuff and where it links to yoga, finally, (laughs) is that, yeah, you give yourself that rest and that's when testosterone increases. And now testosterone is a like key component in the regeneration of cells. So you're making new muscle cells, you're making blood cells or white blood cells to um, battle infection or virus. It's associated with your immune system as well. Testosterone is really key in that, in that relationship of cortisol to testosterone. So I guess it's saying sort of like for you to like get through a workout and get away from the tiger or the dog that is annoying the shit out of you. Um, <laughs> that you need the cortisol to input this energy into your system. Um, and then for you to use your body resources and to build muscle over time, you need the testosterone and you can't really have one without the other. So would someone with constantly elevated to, uh, cortisol and hence that it's blocking their ability to have a higher testosterone, would those people actually have lower muscle mass? Yeah, you would you would have a hard time um, rebuilding your cells, which is what creates the mass, like regenerating new cells and and rebuilding um, huh. damaged cells. Yeah, I guess that's why some really highly stressed people are like thin and wiry and like totally. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. and if you're a person like we hear this in in the maybe my more exercise science world or the the, the gym scene, I've known this like since I was a kid whether I followed it or not is like you have Paul will know this is like you have your rest days between between um right yeah it's common between like working certain areas of the body and I kind of wonder like how much it's working certain areas of the body or actually getting a a valuable rest in between how how those vary but you do need to give your body arrests and your entire nervous system needs to go into a state of rest and relaxation. And that might just be like normal baseline, just not being at the gym, pumping iron, sweating and having your heart rate going. Like it does, maybe that's like yoga for you. Maybe that's something else. But of course there's like the 9,000 other benefits of yoga. So maybe that's a good <laughs> way to go. <laughs> Um, so it's almost like testosterone needs to be elevated in recovery phases yep so yeah that's what happens cortisol comes down testosterone goes up and you need to give yourself that chance for that to happen like the the actual time space like a chunk of time for that to happen um to regenerate all these cells and that's when people are if you're wanting to bulk up more, you're going to bulk, bulk up more. If you're wanting to improve your sex drive, if you want to improve like your bone density, um, all of these things are so important. And, and from a yoga perspective, that's where our gentle Hatha yoga classes, our restorative yoga classes, um, yin, if yin is relaxing for you, some people it's like very, very challenging. It's yin and restorative are a little bit different. Um, yeah, so those practices are maybe just like a slow flow or something a little bit more mindful and less challenging on your bodies where you can get into that space where you activate more of the parasympathetic nervous system and yeah, testosterone goes up and all the things happen. Mm. Yeah, that's super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to get into this study? Yeah. So I just checked out one study. Um, there's so much research on testosterone and cortisol like this stuff is pretty well defined in the scientific community and the health and wellness community that i mean there's just like thousands and thousands of articles but i found this one kind of interesting it's not to do with yoga because i think that that connection between the nervous system and and the endocrine system are pretty well defined as i said but it goes and looks at um some athletes. So it looks at wrestlers. It's not a huge pool of people. It's uh, 15 young wrestlers. And what they did is they measured their testosterone. They found kind of a baseline um, about three weeks before they do a competition. So they measured the their cortisol and their testosterone and got that ratio and got those measurements. And then they had a two-day competition and they measured their testosterone there. Now, 
Unfortunately, in this article, I was only able to access the abstract, so I couldn't really get into the nitty gritty of the discussion. But even just off the abstract, like it's pretty clear, like it's really good, strong evidence of what goes on. So I don't know how how often they measured them in the two days, but it seems like from their results is pretty regularly. So two days of measuring cortisol, testosterone, and then for the eight days after they were done the competition, they measured their, um, again, cortisol, testosterone at 5.30 at night for, yes, that's eight days. Okay. So what they found is there was a huge increase in cortisol during the competition, and that went up about two and a half fold of their, so two and a half times compared to their, what they call their baseline, the one that was measured three weeks before. Their testosterone actually stayed the same. So again, it's like maybe not that one is going up, one is going down. It's more like one with respect to the other. Yeah, it's that ratio, mm-hmm. right? Like if you divide one by the other. Yeah. And then after the competition, cortisol dropped dramatically. And then and it says within 1.5 hours. So I'm getting the idea that they oh. are measuring them maybe hourly or something like that. After the competition. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then testosterone then increased significantly. Mm. So it sounds like they had a baseline. The testosterone from before the competition to during the competition is the same, but then actually afterwards, and they were still like training a little bit before, but they did, they did take it during a rest period. Then your testosterone actually goes up um, until five days after competition. I wrote four, but it was five. Okay. Yeah, I just changed it. So then this starts to tie into actually, well, we kind of talked about it before, but like the states of your metabolism and they say, they kind of conclude, and this is known, known in other literature that you're having a low testosterone to cortisol ratio is known as a catabolic phase. Okay. And a high testosterone to cortisol ratio is known as an anabolic phase. So yeah. I've heard that stuff before, or those words, catabolic, yeah, anabolic, and I was like always not really sure what the hell was going on. So I, I, um, I just kind of googled it. There's a really cool website. It's called Khan Academy. I think it's like getting people ready for like the MCAT or something. But oh, I it looks like, like it. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Like there's like a free online course essentially um looking at kind of biochemistry within your body and they do a really clear good job of explaining it so i just linked to that for you guys to review um catabolism versus anabolism i think that's how you pronounce them i don't know (laughs) i swear i did this in bio but yeah right yes i don't really remember yeah, that's how they pronounce yeah. it in the video, but who knows? Catabolism, anabolism, or cat <laughs> or catabolism, anabolism. Uh, potato, potato. So yeah, <laughs> basically the gist is that catabolism is the breaking down of your food into usable forms. Yeah. So like your fats, proteins, amino acids. Or no, fats, proteins carbs and nucleic acids i think they say and you're breaking those down into nucleic are you sure are you sure not amino acids no because because the, the proteins break down to yeah they said nucleic acids i'm pretty sure in the little video whoa that's so weird because proteins break down to amino acids uh dna rna breaks down to nucleic acids that's why it's dna right mm-hmm Diribonucleic acid or di, yeah, whatever it is, dihydro. Maybe it was something else that starts with an N and it ended with acids. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was though. Amino acids. It'll it'll be in there. You can check it out. So guys, you guys can check it out. We we definitely know fats, proteins, and carbs. And then there was another one. The I kind of raised an eyebrow and I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Um, huh. So that's from the food and it breaks down to all the other stuff. I'm not going to go into it, but just the, the breaking down is catabolism into usable forms in our body. And then the, the use of those molecules and nutrients is the building up the anabolism or or anabolism, whatever, however you want to say it. So yeah, catabolism, breaking down, anabolism, building up. So again, the high testosterone to cortisol ratio after the wrestlers were done the competition and they're in like their eight days of recovery, um, that's when that ratio really went up and that 
allow them to be anabolic, which is going to build their muscle tissue at that state. Right. Yeah. And maybe they're really horny. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so how does this apply to yoga? Because yoga is doesn't strive, at least most forms, some forms might be more than this, but they, they don't strive to rise um, cortisol like a wrestling competition. You know, we're not like... Um, asking all the time for people to like hyperventilate and like do push-ups and burpees i mean maybe some people are but like for the majority of the class um at least a, a regular old yoga class that i know of um you're much more trying to calm down that stress response and let go of your shit and like go inside and introspective so do you think something like this would apply yeah, so that, In, yeah, that's where I, th where I think, um, when we're speaking, I think we spoke to it when we talked about yoga for athletes as well. And, um, and, and just speaking to the more athletic type about yoga and a lot of men is that's where if you want to, um, kind of market yourself as a yoga teacher for those, those people or those, um, activities or a counter to some of those activities, you're like, okay go do your triathlon and then come use myofascial release and restorative yoga or yin yoga or gentle hatha yoga to get back into that parasympathetic, increase the testosterone to cortisol ratio and rebuild your tissue. So next time you go out, you're stronger. Right. If you keep going at that same activity every day or without, without rest. And I think even if you just weren't doing the, the activity like they measured here the guys weren't doing yoga in their off time but they were just off doing nothing um think about people who are off after exercising not really doing anything for their tissues you do build new tissue but you got you get a lot of tension in there because of that and your fascia has just worked in a certain way and it kind of tightens up around everything so it's one of those I guess it's like a plus on top of all the other things that yoga does. I can actually, like, I know you talked about athletes and athletic demographics, but I could actually see this for like those really high stress, really skinny, um, driven types. Like even if it's just at their careers or in their lives, um, just as a way to be like, and not just for men, right. For women as well to be, you know, like trying to transition people out of this catabolic phase and this high cortisol um, phase and to be like, yeah, your hormones do need to rebalance. Like cortisol do does need to go down in order for you to build anything and to sort of like maybe even educate them about saying like all the exercises and all the healthy things that we do for ourselves. It's not going to build into anything if you're always in this catabolic state. Like if you're constantly sending a signal to your body to break food down for use and never make food into muscle, um, how can you expect any gains from your workouts? Um, and it's just that conversation about, I guess, um, uh, bringing some balance into, uh, stress states. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Like you could use this with the corporate types. Yeah. Um, so many people it is it is it's like a natural benefit from everyone who does yoga that where the intention of the yoga is a little bit more balanced around your nervous system and and the amount of like kind of stress because we do have those practices of yoga that like the very heated yoga might not yeah. be i'd be really interested to see um studies on that like what does cortisol testosterone look like during one of those classes and then afterwards um is it, is it going, is your testosterone going down during that class? Or for some people being in a hot room is extremely stressful. For some people it feels good. There's kind of like a tipping point for me where it feels comfortable and then it is too stressful. Um, yeah. <laughs> like about one degree. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like some class, yeah. yeah, some classes it's just, I've been in like the 32 degree rooms recently a lot and it's a more, it's a stronger, it's a very physical practice that I'm doing, like it's very intentional and slow, um, mm. but it's strong physically. And yeah, it kind of like rides, like it just like rides the line of like, okay, I'm not sure if this is, and it's fine for me to 
be physically stressed, but it's just like, what do I want out of that practice? I would, I would definitely go more to like a gentle Hatha or, or like a meditation or a restorative. If I really, really knew that I wanted to, uh, increase testosterone and not have my cortisol pumping out like crazy. Well, but then I wonder, like, even those cortisol hot, heavy court classes, like afterwards, maybe you do have like that natural decrease as long as you're letting it go and you're, you're coming out of this, um, stressful state, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like the wrestlers in the competition. So you're just, your competition is the hot yoga room. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. So you like, then you'll yeah. go to your yoga class and use that as the, as the stressor, but you do, are practicing a bunch of other things, mindfulness and presence. And yes, yes. The glorious things yeah. that go on, getting some myofascial release <laughs> by moving your tissues around. Um, and then it's the time after that, that's your testosterone increase. That's totally true. As long as you're not like going home to like four screaming kids and like dishes piled up to yeah. the ceiling and eight loads of laundry and yeah, which Life, is, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like so that, regular stuff. <laughs> totally. So that's where it's like, that's where it's hard. I mean, they measured yeah. these in young wrestlers. So yeah, you don't have any problems. You're not. <laughs> yeah. Mom is putting, yeah. mom and dad are putting food on the table well, for the most part. We don't know that. Yeah. It's we true. don't know that like, for yeah. sure. But this is like, yeah. generally most kids don't have as much stress as adults. And they just yeah, like, yeah, maybe their hormones work better maybe in general yeah maybe their hormones rebound better um just because they don't have that high cortisol state yet you know maybe Mm. for some kids yeah i know in like trauma it's it's very different but like yeah like the stress that we put on ourselves i feel i feel we get better at being stressed the more we do it you know so the older you get the better you get at being stressed like you've just like practiced it i guess (laughs) so That's like anything else that you do a lot. Does it mean, what do you mean by better though? Like you can manage more things and be normal? No, no. We're we're easier at stressing ourselves out. Yeah. It's just like you get used to being in that state. That's a normal. Yeah. Yeah. And that becomes the normal, right? Because like you've had so many months or years of of doing it. Um, Whereas I think as a kid, you you might not be exposed yet, depending of course, um, to all the stressful stuff right at at least in this part of the world with this kind of culture um so so yeah it's not like a a practiced state yet Mm -hmm. (laughs) hopefully never (laughs) and who knows oh yeah yeah i mean if you yeah you got a sample like middle class kids or something that kind of have everything laid out yeah it's different than other people like you said trauma or things like that um yeah, and well, like testosterone, like a lot of the hormones are m- produced more between your kind of your adolescent years and right thirty, yes. early thirty, something like that. And um, then it decreases, and then yeah, everything has a harder time getting pumped out. Mm, damn it! So yeah, you got to be more mindful at that time when stressors usually are a little bit more to really give yourself that balance. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. Like we, like you said, you, we do get really used to doing, doing, doing like Eric and I just had last Saturday, we tried to have the whole weekend off of not doing mm. anything, but he had to get ready for going out of town on Sunday, which took most of the day. We had the whole Saturday and we we're really like, okay, we're not going to do any life things like nothing with the car. Like the car is just filled with junk from moving stuff. <laughs> we're like, nope, not our problem. Like later. Do you still have Ruby? Yeah, we still have Ruby. Yeah, Ruby's the name of her car. Yeah. This old girl. She's yeah. so great. But uh <laughs> we really abused her. Yeah, so Ruby was a mess. <laughs> and we're like, okay, we like went for a hike. It was really nice. Um I'm trying to think if we went out for lunch. No, I think we just came home and then had lunch here and then went for like a walk and just went to the beach and brought like our chairs and just sat on the beach and read Aww. and Sounds like such an old person thing to do. Think, You're so sweet. I mean, like, yeah. Oh, we had to like go find out, go find where to get corn tortillas. That was like the most stressful thing. <laughs> but it was still, it's like, that's not stressful for me because it involves food and I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something I want to do. You know what though? Like segue, but corn tortillas are hard to find until you know where they are. Yeah. And then like, hopefully that place just stocks them because yeah, like Metro, Loblaws, um, Sobeys, none of the like grocery stores near me have them. Um, but the, sort of specialty farm bag that I get. So every week I subscribe to this um, fresh farm 
uh, bag that's delivered to my door and it's just filled with organic locally grown produce where they can um, in the winter months it's filled with imported things because we don't grow very much and, and a shitload of squash in the winter because oh, nice. that's all we can actually grow and apples um, but yeah they really do try to to source local um, which is why in the winter it's it's kind of a deserted island of squash and apples um but yeah, they, 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 they are another one that sources it, but it took me a while to find them and yeah, they're really good. But yeah, I, mm-hmm. I feel you on that, man. Yeah. Gluten-free food is sometimes really tough to find. In Vancouver, there was a ton of them. Like there's a lot of, there are a lot of people in Vancouver from Mexico. They just love it. Oh, yeah. Great. Which is, I love that. Cause yeah. I love Mexican food and there was, yeah, you yeah. can actually find them pretty easily, but here is different. Yeah. But yeah, it was like, Oh my God. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It was just like, sorry. I was just saying like it, it was our whole day and it was like, there was effort to not do anything. And then like the next day we we're planning on not doing anything. I was like, Hey, well, what are we going to do? Like have we like literally yeah. don't know what to do for fun. <laughs> oh, nah. we, oh, but like for a whole, that's sad. We do, but it's, it's, it's like, it was actually work just after coming off of those renovate renovations and being go, yeah. go, go. Like you have to train yourself to live yeah you're used to it yeah you're just so used to being the worker bee that you don't know how to not right mm-hmm. and, and like i get that i get that but yeah we need to change the way we see play mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. yeah and people just, just stop yeah get stuck Sorry. in that forever like their whole lifetime yeah. if you don't pause ever yeah and it, there's like a lot of glamorization of work and like being able to achieve a lot and like have it all and i think that's just such bullshit like stop and like lack of sleep having like that like glamour oh i only need five hours like fuck that shit oh five hours of sleep i want nine yeah. i want a solid nine <laughs> um and i want to nap during the day and like yeah fuck that i don't it's just frustrating sorry yeah Rant. no totally <laughs> totally and if yo- maybe yoga can just teach you that i think you've come a long way because people retire and they don't they freak the fuck out <laughs> yeah 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 because like that high cortisol states all they know right that's like yeah. their main function and like and like yeah like not being in that is so uncomfortable which is that's just so crazy to me i don't know if i've ever been that much like high cortisol i'm like such a low energy person i'm just like no well, i think you have colors. pretty good waves you have good waves Oh, that's true. I do have waves. Go in spurts. Yeah. It's true. It's true. I am pretty like diurnal. Like in the morning, I'll really want to go work out. And then like by this time, all I want to do is lay down. Oh, it's like five in the afternoon for me. Yeah. (laughs) 4.30 in the afternoon. (laughs) I think that's pretty healthy, right? Yeah. That's kind of what I hope so. What what you're supposed to do. Like that's what your hormones are doing to you as well. That's what cortisol does, right? Like there's a high in the morning, gets you up. And then by the end of your afternoon, you're like, yeah, I'm tired. I did things. Mm -hmm. I harvested berries. (laughs) I'm just making fun of you. Nat went to harvest berries a few days ago. Oh yeah, that was on last week's, I think. Did we talk about it last week? I think we did. Cause yeah, I told you my friend got stung by a bee. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, I forget. Oh my God. The hours and minutes are blurring together. Yeah. Okay. So how can we as yoga teachers back to cortisol and testosterone? Um, I think educate about this in like a more graceful way. I tend to sound preachy. I, I hope I don't sound preachy, but I think I do. I think people just knowing that what testosterone, testosterone does in your body. I mean, yeah, you don't, I don't know. Not many people want to talk about sex drive in a yoga class or sperm count. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure some people could like rock that totally. Yeah. I feel like I have. And yeah, I felt awkward. But uh, whatever. <laughs> I wish I were there to witness. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You'd just be giggling at me. I'd be laughing. But yeah, knowing what it does, like testosterone is needed to regenerate muscle. And that works in like your rest phase. Your rest mm. and digest, your parasympathetic nervous system is directly linked for your, to your ability to build bulky ass muscles. If that's like what you want to do or that relationship to build stronger muscles, to make your bones stronger mm. or yeah, there's just so many things I think. Yeah. Do, do you know, just knowing, sorry, just yeah. knowing that cause people don't know that. And then you can teach it, I don't know, teach it however you want, or maybe you just know that and you teach. 
and you right. keep that in the back of your head. Right. That that's like, right. that's your intention and you move them in a way that supports that. Well, does testosterone rebuild anything else? Like, does it make your, um, uh, fascia? Uh, does it like help that or does it? Yeah. So it's involved you know, in like, the whole anabolic phase. So anything, so everything building up of any tissues. Ah, okay. Oh yeah. And okay. this kind of links back to last episode. Um, we talked to Aisha about neuroplasticity. So that would be totally related for your body's ability to regenerate brain cells and synapses. Ooh, yeah. Good call. It's totally there. Like you do. Yo, that's sick. I think we mentioned she was, um, talking about, um, creating a, an environment for your students and talking. And I mentioned like, okay, that relates to like safety and trust. So you're creating a space for the student, even just to feel comfortable period, no matter mm. what you're doing. And maybe you're a teacher who offers like a lot of, you know, you could do this or you could do your own thing. There's a lot of variability in what you offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and people just coming into a space and feeling comfortable and that will just especially if you come from any amount of trauma, like that will just let you kind of settle, parasympathetic, reduce cortisol, increase testosterone. You're going to start to build those tissues, those fibers, those links, your whole body learns and builds. That's so interesting. Um, Do you think this is why some people say that in Shavasana, that's where all the work happens? Yeah. Cool. 100%. I just made that connection. Holy shit. <laughs> so again, yeah, you're teaching like a super vigorous class. Think about how, how much of Austin. I just went to a class and they're like, and for these two minutes. And I was like, fuck you, two minutes. Like, <laughs> give me like a, give me at least five. Like I know it's, it's so somebody, hard in a 60 minute class. I know it's like, it's like the five hours of sleep people versus the nine hours of sleep people. Like, no, five minutes Shavasana will not do for the nine hours of sleep people. No. Like, we want 10 minutes. Ease me in, ease me out. Let me settle in the middle. Yeah. 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 I think that like, yeah, the more I practice, the more, Oh, I, I, I love I get it. the value. Yeah. Like I can, oh. I can do work for like even a 60 minute class. You can do work for 50 minutes. You can cool down. I'd rather have like less cooling down postures. Although in some of the classes I've been to, it's like you're barely cooling down and then boom, two minutes of Asana. It's like, yeah, it's different. Oh, it's different I'm, from a I'm physical class. I'm guilty of that. Oh yeah. I am guilty of that because I've lost track of time. Yeah. Like I totally didn't intend, um, and yeah, now I've just learned to like tack on that extra minute in class, like the extra um five to 10 minutes in class and just tell people like, I'm so sorry. I want, I left, like, you know, I didn't leave enough time to do all the things I wanted to do. You can leave now because it's 1030 or you can stay until 1035 and I promise I'll have you out of here by 1035, you know? Yeah. Um, That's normal. Like but yeah. we all go through that and My bad. shit happens. <laughs> like I'm not going to say I haven't done that either, but like the more I am thinking about how we we teach this practice and I'm really you and I are doing this kind of to refine our skill set essentially I think a lot of people are Mm. listening because of that you're you you just you change the way you do things and yeah we you have to do things wrong or not not in a not ideal way and depending on what your intention is you're going to change it and teach differently so be just like being aware of that more now um yeah going for those longer shavasanas when possible and as a yoga teacher I really appreciate one yeah, totally. Because like, yeah, this is this is a hustle, you know, this job is not, I know you hate that word, but it, yeah. it really is. There's a lot of like self-starting, keeping yourself accountable, watching yourself, um, a lot of that self-monitoring. And it's so nice, like it's so necessary just to rest in that and like know that you're good. You're for these like 10 minutes, you're fine. You don't have anywhere to go. You don't have anywhere to be. I can't imagine like entrepreneurs who have like huge multi-million dollar jobs, you know, like that kind of financial pressure where you, you and me Nat, we have like zero financial because we don't make any money out of this podcast. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but you know, like, like to scale it up to that, like the amount of pressure I feel now and how much pressure they must feel like that must be such an incredible burden to have to bear. And then when you're in a yoga class, to be like okay for 10 minutes you're only responsible to lay there and like don't even think your thoughts don't even breathe your breath like just let it happen mm-hmm. oh so i just really want a nap i want to i want to i want to shavasana right now. yeah yeah 
<laughs> I'm just making it sound so good to myself. <laughs> and when you have that, going back to like the testosterone cortisol ratio, when you have a that um, higher ratio, testosterone to cortisol, no, sorry, the lower ratio, sorry, the lower ratio, um, the catabolic phase, you are, oh no, sorry, I was right. The high testosterone to cortisol ratio, the anabolic phase is generally like when you are more tired. Your body is literally oh. like, because the cortisol goes down, you have less energy. Like you're, oh, that's true. Like when you get more in tune with your body and I am better at that, the more I practice, yeah. you're like listening. You're like, okay, I'm tired. My body is yeah. telling me not to do. Like it's saying you yeah. do not have the energetic stores. Um, exactly. There's like a fine line between tired and laziness, of course, but like you, you gotta. <sighs> Such a fine line. Yeah, yeah. You gotta. <laughs> and sometimes you get it right, sometimes you get it wrong, whatever. But... <laughs> yeah, there, there's also a fine line between tired and procrastination. Oh, yes. Yes. Like it's sometimes I catch myself. I'm like, am I really tired? Nope, I'm not. I just don't want to do that. I think that's also <laughs> like just mental stress. Um, yeah, could be. I think I referenced this book before the organized mind talked about just like thinking uses glucose yeah, to, yeah. I don't know, do what your brain does. It's like you're using energy. You're not physically, you could not even move a muscle, but you're using energy yeah. and like that alone will make your cortisol go up. And then at a certain point it just comes down and you're like, I'm freaking done. Like I'm done. You know what? Yeah. And like, I, I like, I totally get that, but I really, really got it when I started to practice breathing, like right before bed, I'd uh, just like close my eyes, get ready to sleep. Um, and I would practice like a four in, hold a little bit, try to go eight out. And if I just focus on the breath and I just focus on like the physical sensations, that's okay to do. But as soon as my mind starts wandering, because counting is is easy, right? With our multitasking minds, we can count and think um, of something else. Well, at least my mind can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so when my mind wanders to go think about something, like I suddenly can't exhale as long. It's like I needed that extra little bit of oxygen to feed the thought and and yeah and, and it just like goes to show you know like it's not necessarily about physical muscle burning but your brain burns so much of your energy every day every breath you take mm -hmm. so just to like focus just on the breath something so energy conserving rather than energy expending um yeah it can be really nice yeah that's a really good point yeah. yeah, you can work an office job where you don't like move at all and you just think and stare at a screen and you are exhausted yeah. at the end. Absolutely exhausted. Yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah, it's like a whole body mm -hmm. exhaustion. It's, yeah, it's weird, eh? Mm -hmm. No, that's good. Yeah. I like that. I like that doing breathing exercises like that before bed too, especially when my mind is, is like going for it. Yeah. And then you, like, I, I just know, I like, I know my, my mind is thinking because I can't exhale to eight. I just mm -hmm. can't like it. That oxygen has is like I'm desperate for it. It's so weird. It's so weird and cool. It makes sense, but then also like makes the breathing really hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good good hard though. A good challenge. Yeah, totally. Sweet. Well, I think mm. we wrapped that up pretty well. Um I hope so. We went on several segues, but that's okay. Yeah, like the content there as a yoga teacher, I think that stuff makes sense. It just gives you a little more meat and potatoes of why why you would uh teach in that way or how, how you talk to people about testosterone and the benefits of, of having that. You do need it in your body. Yeah. I think like always like the education, trying not to sound preachy, just informative, but in a way that's relevant. I think that's, that's pretty good. And Nat did it really well with the whole like recovery stuff. I, I find, I don't know, you know how sometimes you hear your own voice and you're just like, yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it yeah. takes practice though. Like give, throw yourself a bone, like try it and then, and then try it again. Yeah. Try it again. Yeah. The, yeah. There's that really cool exercise that Tiffany, our teacher always does about like turning to your neighbor and just for like one minute trying to talk about something, um, which is a really, I think sometimes it's a really useful exercise mm -hmm. when you when you want to solidify something in your brain. Yeah. So, like yeah. the elevator pitch. Like if you're meeting someone knows nothing about yeah. this. So you kind of start from like the basics. Yeah. Um, which is hard in a room full of yoga students because you know sometimes there's like a bunch of them that already know. And I hate talking to people that already know. That's when I feel like weird. But you just got oh, really? to do it. Yeah. I don't like repeating things to 
people that they already know shit. But you also have to talk to those students that don't know, which is really the majority. And I feel like this testosterone stuff isn't like, it's not common knowledge. Is it common knowledge? Is this knowledge common? No. No. I'd, yeah. say, I'd say most people know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's okay. And this is like 100% of people don't know this. So Yeah. True. <laughs> or like 98, except for the one endocrinologist that shows up to your yeah, class. Yeah, I know. I've had like doctor in my class before and I'm just like, oh, like you make me feel so dumb. Like, where are you in? <laughs> but like, it makes you be on it. Like it makes you not talk shit, which is really good. And that's really what I want teachers to not be doing is to just be spewing out facts that aren't facts. Or yeah. It's like they heard someone say. So yeah, if you do want to say this stuff, talk about it, do a little reading, do a little follow up to make sure. Yeah, watch your words. Yeah, watch your too. words. Watch your patterns. Um, I have a physiotherapist that regularly comes to my class. It is unnerving. Oh yeah, I have to. I gotta watch myself. Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah. just like say all of the things that we that annoy us about. Tuck that fucking tailbone, man. Tuck it. Tuck your tailbone <laughs> till your pubone hits you in the chin when you're doing tadasana. Mostly when you're <laughs> standing, stand straight up and just tuck it so hard into your. And then, and then just twist and like ring out, ring out all of the shit. Get those toxins. Talk, ring it out. Your arms way up to the sky, past the clouds. I never say cure that shit. your no. or lymphatic system by doing this. I know, like yeah. inversions are good, but to what degree and time is a consideration. But anyways, yeah, all those things. <laughs> <laughs> Mini rant within a rant. Yes. <laughs> All right. That's so funny. Okay, let's go. Okay. We sat a lot today. I know. I'm done. My brain is mush. Yeah, go take a nap. <laughs> you ready? Yeah, I think I'm ready for it. Do you want to say that? All right, guys. Should we uh, say the things? Yeah. You say the things. I said it last time. I'll say it. Okay. Uh, so we have several things to offer you. Number one, we are affiliated with Rad Rollers. They are awesome. That's why the name is Rad. No, it's not, but that's what I'm going to go with. Um <laughs> Go buy their stuff. Try it out. It's awesome. Uh, if you don't know how to use it, there are YouTube videos and there, it does come with a pam pamphlet and you can, uh, try and just make up your own exercises with it as well. They're really good. Number two, Wanderlust. Uh, you get a 10, 15, 10, 10, 10, 10% discount off of all Wanderlust events in 2019. If you sign up with this link, is that true? Yep. Cool. Link is in the show notes. Um, Wanderlust is also awesome for different reasons. I don't think they sell balls, but their yoga classes are rad. Ha ha. See how I did that? I, did. I went full circle. Good job. We good, guys. I'm out. <laughs> okay. Bye, guys. Talk soon. <laughs> Talk soon. Bye.